0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your
1: hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde. And you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Supporting Veterans, we explore the intersection between real estate and the transition from military to civilian life. Today's guest is Richard Comets, Senior Vice President at American Corporate Partners, a nonprofit dedicated to assisting US veterans and active duty military spouses find their next careers. Richard is a retired Lieutenant Colonel in the US Army and an Associate Professor at West Point Military Academy. Richard, welcome to the show.
2: Welcome to the show, Richard. Hey, thanks both for having me. It was a pleasure
1: being here. So tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: So I grew up in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania, and as I grew up and had to figure out what I was going to do with myself after high school, I decided to go to West Point or at least apply to West Point. I was able to get in. Luckily, Uh, I'm not sure if I'd be able to get in these days. The the standards have gotten higher and higher, but uh, luckily I was accepted to West Point. And after four years at West Point, uh, you're required to go into military service. At that point, I didn't have many. Family members or connections to the military, so my mindset was, I'll get out in five years and 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 move on to my next career. And as I got out there, I loved it. I loved the people. More importantly, um, I loved moving around as tie into the real estate there. Or you know, we're getting to see other places of the country, other uh, different cities, and and that was amazing. And so I ended up finding myself uh, in the military for twenty three years. Uh, my last assignment was at uh, West Point as a uh, associate professor. So. It was kind of an easy transition, or at least in my mind, an easy transition to go into higher ed after that. So I went into higher ed. It wasn't necessarily my, uh, you know, dream, but it was working for me. But then I joined American Corporate Partners when I found a way to continue to serve.
0: Well, you know, you raise an interesting point when you when you say that you, you bounced around. Usually when I ask someone where they're from and they give me three different answers, I usually assume that they're from the military, they're part of a military family. But so tell us, is there a typical military career path?
2: So that's that's a, a tough question. Really, there isn't. Um, just for me, my personal life, I can tell you I, I was a platoon leader. I was a staff officer. I was a company commander. I was I trained border police. I was an instructor, you know, so all those things don't seem to be aligned in any uh, one way, shape or form. And it's very similar for, for any branch of the military and any rank, you know, enlisted soldiers, same thing. I mean, there's typical, you know, increasing responsibility. But yeah, there, people can find themselves doing anything from recruiting to, you know, fighting deployed overseas.
1: Well, I just want to say right at the top of the uh, broadcast here that I am involved with American Corporate Partners. I am a mentor to a veteran helping uh, with the transition from um uh, military to civilian life and a big fan of the organization. So thank you for everything you do. I did wanna ask, uh, you know, when you think about a normal uh, career, if somebody who goes to high school and college and goes to work, when you're in college, you get summer jobs, you get exposed to uh, interviewing, you get exposed to resumes, you get exposed to the corporate world, you're a summer intern, you learn about w- what it's like to work in a corporation, what the rules and regulations, the unwritten rules of how to act in a corporate setting. People who go into the military out of high school, they don't get any of that, right? They come out four, five, six years later, and they haven't had that experience. Uh, how th- That must be very different from a regular civilian's career path, right?
2: That's for sure. Uh, you know, if you go into HR career path, you can select, you know, anything from employee relations, recruiting, but even in there, you have typical, you know, now you're a specialist, then you're maybe a manager, then you're a director, then you go to a VP. As we just talked about, you don't have that same career path in the military. And really what you only know is the military. So it is very difficult because the military is a large organization unto itself. So there's not much connection to the civilian world as far as jobs and things like that. So it is very difficult to you know stop being in the military after however many years you have been in and then just reintegrate into the civilian world without any, any problems.
0: You know, I, I we have to unpack that because I think uh, one of the things that first immediately jumps out at me is what motivates people, right? And it sounds like you were you were a trainer in the military, as you mentioned. So you're so you're yelling at people, on top of your lungs, telling people to calling people maggots and telling them to drop and give me twenty. Uh, And that that motivates people to do stuff. I know in the the corporate world, not so much. I think the last time I told someone to drop and give me 20, I think I almost fired. Um, But the moral of the story, though, is you're right. It's it's not the same. What gets people up in the morning um, and going to work and hitting it hard every single day is different from the corporate world to to the military world. Tell us a little bit about what you find the most um, challenging in the transitions uh, between the two.
2: I think, you know, we, we've we surveyed some of our uh, clients there at, at ACP, and we find out that 86% of the transitioning service members don't even know what they want to do when they get out. So that could be three or five years after being in the military. It could be 20 or 25 years after military. And so just figuring out what career fields are, are out there and where they might fit in is is difficult, right? And And then, you know, from there, you have – you have to learn about the culture. You know, every culture is a little bit different. Well, what type of qualifications do you need? What what type of certifications do you need? And, you know, what, what type of things are normal to to expect and not expect? How do you talk to people? How do you address people? What acronyms there are? Because every, you know, the military has a ton of acronyms, but so does every other company if you, you know, you get out there in corporate America. So, you know, we have the the mentors like, like yourselves have this – this ability to to kind of talk them through that as they're going through the process, which is amazing for us.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because on the one hand, uh, the military personnel don't have that experience in the corporate world to be groomed on how to act in the corporate world. On the other hand, they have some of the best skills of anybody so soon out of college. I mean, you can fly a plane, you can can organize a beach assault, uh, you can man a drone. I mean, the the equipment, uh, technology, uh, communications, Capabilities. So it's interesting that you've got candidates that are superb in terms of skills, but don't have maybe some of the corporate people skills that they need to integrate.
2: Yeah, for sure. That that is definitely one of the most difficult things. Uh, as I you, you kind of mentioned, I I had to deploy a company of over three hundred people and equipment all like to Kosovo and Iraq, and you know that's that's huge project management, right? I mean, you can't forget things when you're going when you're going to war. Um, so those type of things are are very great skills that that it's sometimes hard for them to translate at least on paper right in resumes in the beginning on how that can fit into a corporate how you can contribute to a corporation and then from there you know once you get in there then actually using those skills in the way that that is effective to work up in that company rather than you know what you have been doing
0: well you know you mentioned contribute but i mean it, those skills are hard to compete with I mean, i thought i was I'm I'm pretty good at what I do but I am I'm am, I, I'm a slacker at times. <laughs> I might get some coffee and uh, I take a few minutes to the bathroom and I run around, talk to people. You know, and we we have deadlines. Uh, um some are more significant than others and I'm not I'm not uh, working for Blue Horizon launching rockets into the into the atmosphere. Um I may just have a deadline on Monday, but I think more than not teams talk about we need to get this done with military precision. And it's this idea that the military and those that work in it are more diligent and more disciplined than anyone else. And thus those skills that come from the military are really hard to compete with for those that haven't been groomed and are trained in that sort of way, right? To that systematized way. And so I feel like there are are jobs that are almost better suited to people with a military background than than not
2: you know it, it's kind of funny because I, I would almost disagree with that that last little bit in that um because of that discipline and and that such a urgency and mission accomplishment uh, we could almost do anything and uh I don't know we didn't necessarily mention this but what I taught at uh, West Point was organic chemistry Hmm. Um, so, so. <laughs> I hated
1: organic chemistry <laughs> What is <laughs> organic chemistry? and that's the end of the show. <laughs> so,
2: so when I, when I went into higher ed, you know, I was, uh, I was in an assessment and then I also went in, actually COVID helped me out a lot to tell you the truth, because, um, I was in at a certain level, which I honestly think was a little bit lower level than I needed to go into, but I didn't have a good coaching way of getting myself or at least convincing people that I should be at this higher level. So I went in at a a little bit lower level. I was doing assessment and then COVID happened. And I was in an office that had to do with the strategic operations of the university. And I said uh, to my boss, you know, we need to start thinking about reopening, even though we just kind of closed. And I said, it's going to take some time. It's not going to be normal. And uh, I was on a meeting with him and the chief operating officer. And I said, you know, and my boss mentioned it to him and we started talking about it and he said, well, how would you like to do that? And so from really quickly, I went from being doing assessment to figuring out how to reopen the, the, the university. And I would quickly went up to become the director of operations because I was able to help and, and successfully open the, the university with a lot of help obviously from, from the teams, but also work with all those other teams and and get them to actually you know work effectively to open the campus
1: you had you had the right skills uh you know it's interesting when i worked on wall street and i was involved in recruiting uh, a lot of recruiting i always was interested in meeting sports and military candidates athletes and military personnel, because they both were so, were so uh, uh, responsible. There's a lot, a lot of focus on teamwork, a very good work ethic, preparedness, never any excuses, want to work hard, understand the hard work and sacrifice that's necessary to re- achieve results. These are things you can't you can't just tell somebody and they know it. They have to learn it. And one of the things the military and sports do is it ingrains that in you as you work as a team towards a goal. And I just found them, they were excellent candidates. So to your point, Rich, yes, they, they can do almost anything given the, uh, given the chance. So now that we, we've realized that obviously it's very important to help the military transition to civilian life, it's obviously important for their lives, their families' lives, their well-being, their mental health. Tell us what is American Corporate Partners and what are you doing in that regard?
2: Okay. So American Corporate Partners is a national nonprofit that assists uh, transitioning service members and spouses prepare for meaningful employment after the service. And so we do this by free one-on-one customized year-long mentorships where we pair the service member up with a mentor and that mentor can help them with things like figuring out what career they want to get into, or if they know what area they want to get into, we find them a specialized mentor in that career field to help them work through things like resume, and getting into that the, the culture of that that uh, industry that they're interested
0: in,
1: and and uh, why did you choose a mentor mentee type of uh, a model versus classes or instruction or written materials, etc. That I think a lot of other places perhaps provide.
2: So if you think about it, just about every time you ha- you deal with something hard in your life, you you kind of reach back and talk to somebody that can give you advice. You know, when you're a kid, hoping perhaps that was a parent or a guardian. Or even a teacher, you know, when when you get out in the corporate world, hopefully you have someone that that can do that uh, as well for you. And uh, that's what our founder said. Good friend had that same kind of experience in his life, and when he decided to figure out a way to help the military service members, that was the model that he thought was great. And I'll tell you that um, it seems to be one of the few that is really successful. We have. 98% of our people would, would recommend us to, to another veteran because of the experiences they've had.
0: So I, I'm not a mentor at ACP, but I'm a mentor with a group called Techstars and um, and Endeavor, which are both uh, accelerators for tech startups. And what I've noticed uh, as a mentor, startups are best because of their team, the individuals, the working relationships, the discipline that they have amongst each other. And I would imagine that there's a lot of team work and collaboration in the military, right? I mean, it's your, it's your, it's your, your group. Clearly, those that are not from the military uh, only know what they see in the films, the movies, which are teams running around, breaking down doors and 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 getting the job done. Um, but there's a lot of teams that do perhaps more mundane things, uh, or operations, logistics, and so forth. Uh, I would imagine that, that, that that teamwork, that collaboration and team building would translate very well into the workforce that requires teams maybe in fact in the startup world where you're know, creating new ideas and working with each other to build something from scratch and introducing to the marketplace with that military precision and that ops focus mentality that gets product to market and and then growing it so i think there's, a, there's entrepreneurship as well as corporate um uh um careers that i think would benefit from people with military experience
2: As a matter of fact, we have a lot of our, about 20% of our mentors come from other than these major corporations, and they are people like, you know, like Jamie, who it may not be associated with a a corporate partner, but they add value to our mentorship pool. I mean, the goal for us with our mentors is having a mentor for every request that we have. And it's not just about numbers, it's about the specific request. So we can have our service members request a, you know, anything from not only the career field that they're in, but maybe the gender, the age, the ethnicity, if they want to get to that, you know, a lot of times, you know, think about a, a woman in in tech or something, and they want to further their career in tech that they're not as prevalent in tech. So they might want to talk to someone that has been there and done that. So that we kind of keep a very expansive pool of mentors so that we can fit exactly with the,
1: what the protege is looking for. That's, you know, very valid points. And uh, your point earlier about how you know, everybody reaches out to somebody they trust and they respect and who they feel has their best interest at heart as a mentor whenever they have major decisions you have to make in their lives, whether it's a, a family member or a friend or uh uh, or somebody that in court, in the corporate world. And I think, I think back to when I was starting and trying to find a job and trying to decide what career I wanted, it would have been great to have had a mentor who was in a field that I was interested in and could help me move forward. And so I, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's gotta be obviously very important. And this is what the onus must be on you to make a, to create a good fit between the service person and who the right mentor is. Correct.
2: Right. And so what happens is when we when someone signs up, we have uh, about 50 operations associates. These are kind of like case managers where they actually will give you a call and they will ask you if you're the veteran. They'll ask you, do you know what your career is? Or if you don't, then, you know, we can find a mentor that can help you figure that out. Or we have mentors that are in specific career fields. So if you say I want to be in a specific career field, then we take note of that. Again, the other things I mentioned to you, age, gender, sex, ethnicity, you know, any of those things that are important to that service member, we we take note of. And then we turn around and do the same thing when we intake mentors. We ask them the same things. Who do you think you can help best? What are your skills? What do you think you bring to the table? And then now we have these two pools. And once we do the intake with the service member, then we go into our mentor pool and we try to it's a individual one on one mentorship so our operations associates do that by hand right they're not it's not an algorithm it's not like a dating app it's uh it's by hand and they'll sit there and uh you know they might try one or two three four times before they get the right fit but um once they do it usually works out pretty well
0: i had no idea there was an algorithm behind dating applications <laughs> that to me. but look look yeah i i would say quite honestly mentoring is magical right for both the mentor and the mentee and there is such learning and sharing that goes on that um it, it just that just great sort of, right, things can happen from that as a matter of fact i wish i had a mentor uh in thinking about um where i want to transition um and maybe do something more than just a, than a podcast, podcast just kidding so um when it comes to so let's say 2021 now it's 2022 there is a massive industry shift. We're we're moving from a lot of the cases trade skills into more technical mm-hmm. skills and trade and 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 trade craft that requires technical understanding, coding, engineering, and all that. My impression is that those types of industries that are now becoming the the big industries, the highest paying jobs, and all that good stuff, seems to be better suited for someone with with a military background than not. And I think that this is a really interesting time um, to, to reskill uh, into this new world for people with military um, experience. Are you finding more success uh, now than, than in the past? What are you seeing being the, the evolution of your program and the success of it?
2: So we've been very successful even during COVID in assigning or getting people to sign up for the program and, and, and setting up mentorships. So that part has been very good for us. And, and, you know, mentorships could be in person or they could be virtual. So that that's very helpful. And the other thing is that one thing that that is kind of counter to what you said is this idea that a lot of people require a four-year degree just to apply for a job. And um, this is something we're really trying to break into the minds of – these corporate partners, a lot of times, and, and people we talk to is that, you know, if you have someone that served their country for 20 years, but they didn't have time to do college, and they come out with all all the skills we've talked about before, and they can't get it, they can't even get an in a, a, a interview because they don't have a four-year degree. That's changing,
0: right, in today's world. I think, I think what we're, at least the companies that I work in, in marketing and advertising, um, we're seeing that a four-year education at a liberal arts school where someone took Egyptian studies <laughs> is really not relevant um, to the work that needs to get done and put out shockingly ads or what have <laughs> Right. So, so that's one of the reasons why this sort of virtual e-learning uh, programs that are skill-based. Are becoming more popular and more widely accepted in corporate America is because you're actually learning skills that matter. And so I think that there is a more targeted look or view of education and or skills that are some of the things that you're, that you're, it sounds like you're, you're doing and, and planning to do going forward, make more sense.
2: Yeah, I agree. And, and you're right. That was, that was the last part of my, you know, we've been talking to some companies. Um, that say, we don't want someone to have a four-year degree. We want to kind of mold them ourselves, especially the tech and in, in some of the startup companies. And they have uh, imp- apprenticeship type of programs. They have certificate type of programs that, especially someone with, with the military service is really good at doing what they're supposed to do, can get through those programs and enter into the workforce at, at a good level. So you're right. I, I didn't want to say I there was just a little bit, There's certain companies, it's like a legacy, right? You're saying it's changing, but we're seeing both ends of that spectrum where some of them, some of these companies are not, they're keeping a hard line or don't even realize maybe that, that, that is something that's holding them back from hiring somebody that has such good skills like a military service member. And also we help spouses as well, um, active duty spouses. And there's a lot of talented spouses out there, and now that remote work has been helping out a lot, this has been great because, you know, if you're a spouse and you're, your military service member is moving every two to three years, you're, you're going to have a problem. As we started talking about in the beginning, I moved 13 times in 20 years. So if you're moving 13 times in 20 years, you're going to have a hard time keeping a job if you have to be in person. So remote work has been very Fantastic for our spouses as well. If
1: you're moving 13 times in 20 years, you are a real real estate broker's dream customer. <laughs> dream customer, which brings me to a question because yeah, you know that there there are certain areas of the United States, San Diego, uh, Camp Lejeune, uh, with, with high concentration of military personnel, whether it's Navy or Army or Marines. Um, I would imagine, does that tend to do corporations that see the value have recognized this enormous value of hiring uh, a veteran? Uh, do they tend to congregate around military installations around the country so that there there is a location to where a lot of veterans end up working?
2: Um, sometimes there are military contractors that work directly. You know, most of them work on the, the military bases and they have... Um, offices, you know, kind of right outside or whatever, but it depends on. I would say most corporations go wherever it's it's more cost effective for them to 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 exist. But there's a lot of companies that have locations all over the place, so it, it is, it, you know, there there is a concentration sometimes outside some of the bases, but not necessarily a direct correlation. I think.
0: Do you see uh, any um, mentors coming from real estate?
2: Uh, we do have a few uh we have a few mentors on uh that are real estate agents and you know some of them have started in other industries and then changed to the real estate and then we do have some uh in what we call our citizens program as i described before that are real estate agents and and have been really helpful because there are a lot of military members that want to transition out of uh the service into real estate for several reasons one, as we mentioned, they've seen a lot of different places. Yeah, they know the
1: neighborhoods. They know all they know the neighborhoods. They know. <laughs> they know the neighborhoods. And if you're not they careful, they're going to know your neighborhood. They,
2: <laughs> they know the challenge, right, of, uh, you know, finding the right house or not not getting a lemon or or something that, that's going to require a lot of work. And uh, also, they kind of like the idea of this kind of independent uh, job, as well as, you know, some of them, if they retire, they have some income coming in through retirement. So they're looking just to supplement their income a little bit.
0: Right. Investment. I, you know, it sounds like um, perfect. I mean, of course, uh, real estate, we love real estate. Um, and it's one of those investments that, that always um, can make money. And is, as everyone says, land is land, right? It, is, it, is, it doesn't kind of go anywhere. And I think there is a, to your point, there is a sense of discipline being independent that you need to just have ingrained in order to do the work uh, and deliver the, deliver the results. So in this outcomes-based world where you're trying to make some money, but also trying to make a life for yourself, real estate is a, is a really, really good place to do that. And I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier in the show, most people who've seen the world are people with military backgrounds. As a matter of fact, there was a, um, um, there's an organization that i think it was called the national geographic world club that was really invited basically invited members into the organization who have been to at least 100 countries and that's just been to travel to not necessarily lived in and they were saying the majority of the people in the memberships are, are former military and travel professionals so i think there's a there's a there's a romance and mysticism about military that says, world traveled, um, well experienced, traveled the world twice, talk to everyone once, <laughs> you know, that whole thing. So I was gonna
2: say, I, I would never have seen the places that I've seen, uh, if I wasn't in the military.
1: Rich, uh, when, I, when I think of the military, you, you always think about uh, the VA, the Veterans Administration, what are they doing? And how are they helping with you and with the veterans in this in this transition?
2: So the the VA is a, is a huge organization. Uh, we we all have heard of it. They 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 have a lot of different organizations. I think they have uh, maybe too many organizations, but they have a lot of specialized organizations, and um, some of them are directly working on transition. And there's a lot of them. And we work with the VA to to get the word out about our services. And there's over forty thousand veteran service or, uh, organizations that are. Um, nonprofit that are out there trying to help uh, veterans. So the VA has been very helpful, but they also encompass so much. There's a lot of veterans out there with a lot of different needs, and it's very hard to for the VA to focus on one of those things. So I think that's why there's a lot of veteran service organizations because they complement what the VA does, you know, in, in their you know normal day to day operations.
1: And are there other organizations like yourself that have mentors and mentees or is this something unique to ACP?
2: So I'll say that I think we're the only one that has the mentorships that we've described where you're doing a year-long customized one-on-one mentorship. There are other organizations out there that do mentorships and they and they have purposes and do a good job but I'll tell you there's nothing beats having someone that you're talking to the same person for over a year, it kind of gets to know you also keeps you accountable. They can kind of, you know, say, Hey, last time we talked, you were going to, you were going to do this. How did that work out? Or you didn't do this. We need to reformulate the plan. So I think the fact that ours is customized first of all, and then it lasts for a year is something that that's not done. And that's why we partner with a lot of different veteran service organizations. One, the most important thing to us is to help other veterans, but so if it's not us helping someone else's, that's great—they're being helped. But we also provide a service that they recognize they can't do it the way we do. As I mentioned, those fifty operations associates—no one else has that staff to be able to do what we do to make the customized pairing.
0: So where where do you need help, and what? what how can corporate America? How can citizens? Uh, people that have had work experience? How can they lean in and help your organization?
2: And so there's about 200,000 service members that that leave the military each year. And so we've helped uh, get about 10,000 applications last year. We're hoping for 15,000 this year, but that leaves a large portion of people that are not taking advantage of our program. And so one big thing is we want to get the the word out to the veterans out there. And we, so we will help uh, service members that had any, service of 911 after 911 180 days past 911 and whether it be active or national guard or reserve also we have we help active spouses, active duty spouses and spouses that are taking care of someone that's been injured post 911 or spouses that have had someone pass away uh, due to uh, military related injuries. And so there's a large pool so we want to get the word out to all those people, um, to say, hey, we're here to help you. It's free. Uh, we have had, like I said, 98% satisfaction rating, and we post daily. I think on our LinkedIn, good news stories of successes of people that have, you know, said our mentorship has changed my life. Had, you know, helped me land the right job and all that stuff. The other thing we could always use is mentors. Mentors, and especially corporate p- partners, is very helpful. Corporate partners usually donate, and then they also donate several. Uh, or volunteer, so many mentors that will help, and then you know that expands our mentor pool at every level. So not just you know, so we have CEOs as mentors, but we already have we have all the way down to managers as well.
0: So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just have to say that like being a mentor is the best experience ever. I, mean, I think just in general, I think the best part of being a mentor not only is what you're giving and 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 what you give and how you give. But it's also what you're learning. And I think that the in this particular instance, the mentee, plus the military the military veteran, um is also sharing their experiences. And as a corporate American person, you know, working in big corporate America, can learn a few things. And I would love to be able to um, to, to share and, 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 and work with a uh, military veteran and just understand stories and just, and, and have a, have a dialogue and just learn a bit about the things that I, that perhaps, um, you know, outside of my worldview, you know, sitting in a, in a, in a desk, you know, in a, um, with a pen in hand, <laughs> pen in hand. Now, now.
2: Oftentimes some of these corporate partners will, will actually encourage HR people to be mentors so that they can learn. The skills that, that that these service members bring to the table, and and better use that in their talent management in their corporations. Exactly, As I exactly. mentioned, we also use citizens, you know, regular mentors. So, you know, I'm looking for you to sign up when this is over. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the hard sell. We're going to get you into real estate, Rich. Uh, Rich, uh, for our listeners who want to reach out or want to make contact, what is the best way to reach out uh, and make contact with ACP?
2: So. To sign up for ACP, just go to acp-usa.org. That's our website. When you get on there, there's pretty self-explanatory on how to, uh, you click on the button that says, you know, I want to be a mentor, or I want to be uh, a protege, and uh, they, they can go from there. There's also a donation button there if, if they just feel they want to donate to help. Because, you know, these citizens that we have, that they usually don't have the amount of money that corporations do to help with our partnerships. So, We have grants or donations that help fund some of the partnerships as well.
1: I think everything you're doing is terrific, Rich. I want to thank you so much for coming on and enlightening our listeners uh, to this important issue of helping the transition as veterans move from the military and protecting us all and keeping us safe to where they can be productive Uh, elements of the corporate world and continue to uh, contribute to the economy and to all of our lives. Uh, And sometimes people don't don't realize how they can help. This is one way you can help. So I want to thank you very much for taking the time and coming on here.
0: Yeah, Thank you very much, Richard, uh, for all of your service. Really appreciate it.
1: And Richard, of course, thank you very much for your service.
0: Uh, Thank you very much for having us on.
1: You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co, and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week.